0: we thank you the spirit the dove has landed we sense your presence in the house this morning and we are grateful Lord thank you that we can enjoy the presence of the most high God we do not take that for granted this morning that you tabernacle with your people you are so welcome, Holy Spirit. As I speak what you have laid on my heart, I pray that hearts would be changed, lives would be changed, and that you would get all the glory in the awesome name of Jesus of Nazareth, the one whom we adore, the one who we celebrate, the one that we bow down to, we give you praise this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I feel so overwhelmed this morning with the presence of God. So this is not a pre-Christmas service um, that I should be preaching on possibly, but it's not the way the Holy Spirit led. I felt that I should... Encourage my brothers and sisters, and Gretchen so beautifully tapped in in the spirit this morning in pre-prayer, 100% on the word that the Lord has given me for today. Pastor Ryan and Pastor Ronell send their greetings. They are resting, but they will be here on Christmas morning, and um, we thank God for them. The reason we're not here on the 29th and why we say to the church, it's become our culture that you should go and visit another church, because we should be outward looking to see what is God doing in other churches. Let's celebrate what the body of Christ is enjoying and come back and impart back to us the joy of what God is doing in his universal church. Amen. So, Brother Emmanuel shared last Sunday on the key to our walk with God is to tabernacle with the Holy Spirit. And he reminded us that he dwells within us. We have this concept that we kind of need to find him. But he dwells within us. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the triune Godhead. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit was in the beginning. He has been until now. He will continue to the end of time and then into eternity. Amen. So we are to embrace the Holy Spirit. You know, when the Father said, let us make man in our image, The reason he said us, it was Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And we are the only creation, beloved, that are made in the image of God. Why did he do that? Because he wanted fellowship. And because of sin that was broken. And then Jesus came and he broke us free that we might have liberty. Amen. And then that is done only by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our guide, our comforter, He's our friend, He's our go-to towards intimacy. My, my sermon is called A Roadmap Into His Presence. But I wanted us to reflect first on the sermons that we've we've received from this pulpit this year, very briefly. We've received good food. Pastor Ryan spoke at the inauguration and he said, Together we build. The kingdom. They can't do it on their own. Leadership can't do it on their own. You and we are going to build kingdom together. Then both Pastor Ron and Ronell spoke on habitation, that it was a place of visitation, was to become a place of habitation. What we experienced this morning, just briefly, is Him habitating with us. His presence, we make room for His presence to come and to habitat with us. Amen. Then we were challenged to have a holy standard, that we were to create an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit. We were also taught that we were to put, um, you can't put new wine into old wineskins. That we were to make something to hold what God was going to pour out in us. Pastor Ryan brought thought-provoking messages on the fear of God, the reverential fear of God, and that how we are to honor Him and to change our posture towards God. We were taught that the church needs to stand strong. You and I, we are the church, that in these days that we live in, we need to stand strong and be courageous, and that we should allow the atmosphere to change for the fire of God to come. Then Pastor Ronald taught at Pentecost about the fire of God creating an atmosphere for his presence not just in the house but in our daily walk with God. Amen. And then there was the message on Come Home, Prodigal Son. How that when the son was still a far way off, the father saw him and had compassion and opened his arms and said come home. If there's anybody in the house tonight today that says I feel like that prodigal son. I feel like I've been in a pig's pen. The father says, come home. Come home. My arms are open. I have compassion on you. And then we were challenged to be the salt and the light of the world. We were to be prepared to be warriors that will shift cities and nations to transform them. You and I, beloved, Are the salt and the light of the world. Pastor Ryan spoke on confidence to the end. So many grow weary, especially at the end of the year, you're kind of like, I'm so tired. But we are to be carriers of Christ's glory and not to grow weary. Pastor Ryan spoke on every season worship. How do you worship in the midnight hour? How do you worship Judy when you've just lost your sister? How do you worship when you're in the fire? Just like Paul and Silas. They gave praise before the breakthrough, beloved. We are to to worship in the fire. Can we agree that we've received good word this year? We've received, let's give the Lord a hand. Yes, let's do that. The last message that Pastor Ryan spoke, he said that we are to stay at our post. Do not come down from the wall, but finish the work. I want to encourage you as 2019 is racing to an end. Do not grow weary. Stand in your position and complete the work that God has given to you to to do. Amen just a reminder a little uh, commercial here you can download these messages if you missed them just download podcast or soundcloud go back and revisit these messages and allow holy spirit to really minister to you because i believe we received good food the question i ask myself have we heard good sermons or have we heard life-changing sermons and that depends on your posture Because we can sit here and listen to another good sermon and go home and say, oh, wow, that was a good sermon. And we are not transformed and we are not changed. But we need to change. If we are still fighting the same demons that we fought in the beginning of this year, I want to challenge you today. Something needs to shift in our lives. We need to grow. There's a war out there. There's a battle that needs to be won. And we cannot be fighting in-house. We cannot be warring amongst our family members. We need to go out there and fight the real enemy. And that means we need to transition from where we were to where God wants us to be. Amen? It's time, beloved, to hear the word and to apply the word. Otherwise, we're going to stay stuck. And it's your responsibility. The pastors cannot force you to take the word and to shift what needs to be shifted. That's your responsibility. Amen. So I must be honest with you. When I think about intimacy and a roadmap to intimacy, I kind of looked inwardly first. So I'm preaching to myself first. It's not always easy. Do you all stay on the mountain all the time in your relationship with God? Or are you like me where sometimes it's dry? It's a wilderness. I don't hear His voice. I don't sense His presence. So how do I change this posture towards God and sustain it is the question. How do I hear the voice of God for myself that I don't need to run after the prophets? But that I can hear for myself. How do I not take an offense or cause an offense? Because we, we all do at some point or another. But how? How do I posture myself? How can I actively be salt and light? Do you ask yourself those questions? How do I, in a practical way, worship in the midst of heartache? In the midst of not getting answers? How do I worship? How do I realistically finish strong? So I believe God has given us a roadmap, and I want to share that with you. And it's taken from Psalm 9, verse 10. Read with me. Psalm 9 and verse 10. It's one of the keys. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. The word know means to have developed a relationship with someone through meeting and spending time with them. So those who spend time with him. The word trust means a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone. That's what trust means. Or to have faith in or believe or have confidence in. And the word seek means to go in search, to go Seek a place of rest. So Psalm 9 verse 10 could read like this. And there it is if you want to read. And those who have developed a relationship with your name will believe or have confidence in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who have gone in search for a place of rest. Isn't that beautiful? In my counseling and chatting with people through this year, I sense many are struggling with intimacy, struggling with connecting all the time with God. You have moments of in and out where it's sweet, and, but it's not sustainable. So I want to give us a roadmap to understand the pitfalls, the potholes. Do we have potholes in our country? Well, you know, we have potholes in our spiritual walk as well. where you know Unexpectedly, we fall in the hole and it causes us damage just like it does our tires you know my mom and my, I took my mom away when she was 80 to england and we decided to do a road map when i think about it now as i've got older i think shame my poor mom she had no choice i just said mom we're doing a road trip in the uk and we arrived and i never booked anything We decided to fly to Edinburgh, and all we did, we had a road map, and we followed all the castles, because my mom loved history, and so she was like Mrs. Google in those days. I'm talking 17 years ago, there was no Google, so people said, aren't you scared you're going to get lost? I said, well, I'm lost the minute I arrive, I've never been in the UK, so how lost can I get? And so I had a road map, an eight-year-old mom, a flask, and we went on a road trip, and you know. Every night I'd say, Mom, we better start praying where we're we going to sleep tonight. Never knew if this little little country road was going to take us to a B&B. I'd never been there before. And I had a blanket in the car just in case we would need to sleep in the car. But can I tell you that as we trusted the Holy Spirit, every night He took us to unique places. Places that if I had planned it the way I thought it should have been done, we would have missed out on beautiful sunrises and sunsets and amazing people and scenes that we would never have seen. But by accident, we experienced them. And I was thinking that's how our lives are. We kind of want to control our road map and say this is how it should look. But we leave no room for the Holy Spirit to lead us. And excite us, and ignite us, and delight us, because that's what he does. And so, I want to encourage you. The problem is, is that we stay in the realm of the flesh. Brother Emmanuel shared, we are spirit, soul, and body. I want to go one step f- further and say we are a spirit living in a body, and the soul is the seat of our emotions. Our thoughts, our intellect, we are tripod, just like the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son. I want to back this with the word of God. Psalm 139 verse 16 says, and this is God speaking. Before you were born, body, I knew you, spirit. I saw your substance being yet unformed. All your days were written when as yet there were none. Isn't that beautiful? Before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. I knew the day you would be born. I knew the day you will die. This roadmap, you cannot control it. People live like they're going to live forever. But some of us may not wake up tomorrow. There's no guarantee. He has a roadmap and he wants us to trust him. When you are born again, what happens is your spirit, man, is quickened unto God. And you have this little baby spirit that can stay stunted if you don't feed it. That's your responsibility, is that the word that you receive from the pulpit, you need to feed off that. You need to grow in that. You need to apply it. Otherwise, you are causing this handicap in your spirit. That's the truth. And what happens is the flesh has had so much power. Had the, your soul part has had so much control that it wants to tell your spirit how it should behave. But your spirit, beloved, first and foremost, and we live out our lives through our body. And what we have to do is take captive this part, the soul, that wants to dictate to us on how to live. That is, that is the role. In the realm of the flesh, the enemy accuses you. But in the spirit, the oil of the spirit fills you up. Your body, your soul, your mind, your intellect wants to take over. We need to silence our minds and press into the spirit. So this is not a deep theological message. It's a reminder that we have a part to play in in dying to self. Because that's what it is. We are to die to the flesh daily, daily. So when you want to have this intimacy with God and go into a quiet place, what is the first thing? You wake up and I think, oh, I need another five minutes. My body's tired. Oh, I I can't get up. Just five more minutes. And then my, my reasoning, my soul part says, yeah, you went to bed late. You're very tired. You should sleep a little bit longer. Don't get up. You can do this tomorrow. And so we have to struggle with the mind and with the flesh all the time. But we need to crucify the flesh. That's part of this road trip to intimacy. We have a part to play. Flesh, die. I say that to myself many times a day. How do you overcome temptation? Flesh, die. If we don't do that, our soul and our body Will dictate to our spirit, and that's why we don't have victory. So you have to die to the flesh. Just remember, your mind is your servant. It's not your master. Your mind is your servant. It is not your master. You pull, it says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Amen? So we struggle with our body and our soul, but there is another truth and another Um road map sign that I want to show you. We live in two realms, the realm of the spirit and the realm of the flesh. This is a key component on our roadmap towards intimacy. We must train ourselves to engage in the realm of the spirit. Now, can I explain, as we were worshiping in that last song, did you feel something shifting where you suddenly felt like you're entering into another dimension? That is the realm of the Spirit. It's when body is being told, raise your hands. Mouth, emotions, intellect, switch off all that stuff and worship the King. And suddenly something shifts and we step into the realm of the Spirit. But every day we are fighting the realm of the flesh. We live in the flesh. We have to live there. We have to. But we have to tap into the realm of the spirit. I want to encourage you. That is how we overcome. That is how we overcome. People pray in the flesh and there's no results. Listen to me, folks. This is key. We even fast in the flesh and there's no results. We can worship in the flesh, and there's no results. If we don't learn this key about spirit, the realm of the spirit, we will never have victory in our lives. Is it that maybe those prayers that I have been praying for my family and what my needs are, I don't see them fulfilled because I want it to work out the way I want it to work out? It's my intellect It's what I want. Did I ever ask the Spirit, what are you doing in my family? What do I need to agree with you? Show me. As we begin to concentrate and we begin to tap into the realm of the Spirit, you will begin to hear His voice. You will begin to hear His voice. I want to even go so far as to say that when you say in the name of Jesus, but it's in the flesh, we often don't see results. We have to tap in to the spiritual realm. Say, Holy Spirit, what do I need to do here? When I'm going to lay hands on some father, Holy Spirit, show me. Reveal truth to me. When I need to make a decision about what school my child must go to, Holy Spirit, where do you want me? What do I do? That job, what what is your plan? Beloved, it sounds far-fetched, but we can hear. If we quiet ourselves, we will hear the voice of the Spirit. So when you live in the Spirit, demons will flee. When you live in the Spirit, the lame will walk and the blind will see. We are going into a season, I believe it, as we race to the end of time, we will begin to experience the presence of God in that way. Are you expectant of that or are you okay with living in the flesh? I don't know about you, but I want to live in the Spirit. I want to know that when I pray for somebody, I'm in the Spirit and things will shift in Jesus' name. Galatians 5 verse 24 says, And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh. I don't think that scripture is up there. The Lord changed my message last night a little bit. So this is handwritten. They don't have this. Those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. That's Galatians 5 verse 24. The flesh must die. The word of God says that. Those who have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, it goes on to say, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. You and I have the potential to walk in the Spirit that we should be able to look at that beggar and say, silver and gold have I none, but that that I have I give unto you and give them Jesus. That's what we, how we should be living is in the Spirit. Amen? So we have to crucify flesh. How do you do that? Flesh has to die. Is it comfortable to, to walk in that place of, you know, what am I going to say next? Am I open to the Holy Spirit? crucify the flesh. My dear friend Claudia, she's not here. She once told me, my flesh resists every day to get up early, but my spirit longs to fellowship with spirit. We have to come to that place where our spirit longs to fellowship with spirit. And I want to just give you a few keys. Psalm uh, Gretchen blessed me so. Psalm 91 verse 1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The word dwell means to live in or to be at a specified place. And the word abide means to reside. So he who lives doesn't visit the secret place, but lives, resides there, will Live under the shadow of the Almighty. It's key to our walking with God. So, how do we live in a secret place? I want to give us some practical points because I was chatting with somebody this week and they said, you know, so complicated. It's so hard because, you know, you want to feel like every time you go before the Lord, the smoke comes down and His presence is there and you get goosebumps. Beloved, that's not reality. The truth is, is our flesh screams. It doesn't enjoy it. But we go in the spirit. So I want to say, do you have a place where you meet with God? Do you have a corner in your house or a corner in the garden or even if it's your car, even if it's in the bathroom, on the toilet? If that's the only place you can get peace. Go to that place. Have your Bible. Have your stuff around you. Tap in. Say, Lord, here I am. Don't make a big deal about it. It's so easy. But it's the flesh that we fight. Because we have this thing. Okay, I'm not going to get up because yesterday when I had my quiet time, I felt nothing. That's the flesh speaking. We don't need to feel anything. We need to be obedient and tap into the spiritual realm. And go and please the Spirit. And eventually your spirit man is so strong that the flesh dies automatically. Automatically. Amen. So have a place where you meet with the Lord. Don't complicate it. Sometimes we want to do all the talking. They that will quieten their hearts in the presence of God are the ones that hear the most and he gives you the solutions to your problems. You don't need to ask him, beloved. He knows what your requests are before you even ask. What pleases him is that you come to him and you tabernacle with him. You come to the secret place where he can cover you with his feathers and where you can find rest for your soul. You need to be deliberate about this set your alarm. I want to go one step further. People say, I don't have time. How many of us spend too much time on our phones? I mean, it's a trap. It's a trap, and I'm putting my hand up first. It's my go-to all the time. My excuse is I'm in the ministry, and so I'm always checking, you know. But the truth is, in your quiet time, your phone can become your biggest hindrance in connecting with the Holy Spirit. Because you're so busy checking who sent what, what messages, you know, what? switch it off and tap into the spirit. You have to just sit five minutes, Father. I said to this friend of mine, put your alarm on for five minutes because she said her mind travels. You're trying to have this quiet time. Have you found that? And you're thinking about, oh, I mustn't forget that and I must remember that. And, and then suddenly you stop with your quiet time. Give yourself five minutes. Say, soul flesh, you are dying for five minutes. I am going into the spiritual realm. You will not interrupt me. The word of God says we are to resist the enemy and he shall flee from you. So when those thoughts come, Satan, I resist you. This is my time with spirit And I put that thought aside. It's active. We have to be practical about this. And we all struggle with it. We all struggle with it. And if if you can't and you're struggling, start with five minutes. And then set your alarm later on in the day for another five minutes to remind yourself, let me practice the spirit. Let me practice stepping into the spiritual realm. Put worship on and worship the king. Amen. I want to quickly finish off I want to say I heard something this week that blessed me so much people say when I sit in his company I kind of feel like I don't feel his presence and this person was saying that the primary Hebrew word for God is Yahweh and that Jews normally don't even pronounce this word because it's too holy to pronounce they call him Adonai However, according to this account, it said that the Hebrew consonants used in the name Yahweh, if properly pronounced, do not allow you to use your tongue or close your lips. In fact, we know that the pronouncing of the sacred name was an attempt to imitate and replicate breath. <sighs> Think about it. The first breath you ever took was Yahweh. The last breath that you will ever take will be. (gasps) Whether you know it or not, every breath you take, you're calling out Yahweh. If all you came in. If all you can manage in your quiet time is Yahweh, it's okay. He's the breath in your lungs. And He will take you through whatever you are going through. Just quickly, I want to say part of that intimacy, that road map, the Word of God. Beloved, we need to be reading the Word of God. There was a study done where It was um, by default they found out that people who read the word once a week, it had a negligible effect. Like if you're sitting here and you hear the word of God, there's a negligible effect on your life. People who read it twice, it was like a heartbeat. And people who read four times a week, it went off the page. And the question was asked, well, what changed? And this research found that feeling lonely Dropped by 30%. This is with people who read the word of God four times and more a week. Anger issues dropped by 32%. Bitterness in relationships across the board dropped by 40%. Alcoholism dropped by 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant. Are you feeling stagnant? Dropped by 60%. There's the key. Read the word of God. Viewing pornography dropped by 61%, just reading the word of God. And on the other side of the spectrum, sharing your faith increased by 200%. Why? Because you believe the word of God. And then discipling jumped to 230%. Because you are with the living God and you want to share him with everyone that you meet. Amen. You know, my my spiritual sister, um, Jasmine Doctorian, Dr. Samuel Doctorian's daughter, is overseas. And I often send her messages every time, without, without fault. If it's midnight, if it's early morning during the day, her message will say, I'm sitting with the word. I'm about to sit down with the word. I have just got up from the word. And she just blesses me. She lives the word. And then the Lord and the Holy Spirit ministered to my heart. Every time she said, I'm sitting with the word, who is the word? Jesus is the word. So every time she takes the word and every time you and I take the word, in essence, we are taking and sitting with Jesus. Isn't that powerful? Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. We need to fall in love with the written word again. Don't complicate it. Holy Spirit, I want to read the word of God. Would you reveal truth to me? And you begin to read. And I guarantee you, he will reveal truth. There's no condemnation. I'm hoping to inspire you. And Paul says that we are to stop drinking the milk and we are to eat the meat of the word. I want to encourage you in 2020, we need to eat the word. If you are sitting here and you say, I have awesome quiet time. This wasn't for me. I want to challenge you a step further. We have more dying to the flesh, even if we are getting this right. And that is corporate prayer. Beloved, we have been called, told that we will be a house of prayer. And that means you and us, leadership, have an obligation to go into corporate prayer. I'm encouraging you on Thursday evenings, there are a few of us that meet in the prayer chapel. We bring you before the Lord. We bring our nation before the Lord. We bring our leaders before the Lord. Would you partner with us and die to the flesh? Even if it's once a month. Begin to come, because what I've learned is that prayer is more caught than taught. When you're in an atmosphere of corporate prayer, you catch something. It's part of the spirit, and it encourages your heart. And then beyond that, we die some more when we begin to fast. Beloved, we are being called to a higher position. And I want to encourage each one of you, may 2020 be the year that we see and behold great and mighty things in the house of God because we understand that we need to live in the spirit realm and the flesh realm diminishes and diminishes that we may all have victory and give glory, glory to God in Jesus' name. Can I ask for the worship team to come forward, please? So in closing and getting back to how do we apply and live by the standards of the word we have received this year, we need to tap into the spiritual realm. by being aware minute by minute. Would you make a commitment in your heart, Lord, I want to minute by minute if possible. You know, Paul, um, Paul says that we are to pray in the spirit without ceasing. How do we do that? Being aware in the spiritual realm that we are connected to the Holy Spirit. So minute by minute, Holy Spirit, when you get in the car, if you're not a reader and you find it difficult to read the word, man, we've got no excuse. We've got Google and downloads and all kinds of things to help us. Plug in. It's it's a determination that you make. Plug in. Listen to the word on the way to work. Sit in the car at the road, but instead of raising your fist at everybody that's doing something wrong, begin to pray in the Spirit. Jude 20 says we are to strengthen ourselves by praying in the Spirit. That's how we strengthen ourselves. If, if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I exhort you today, in your quiet time, ask Him. It's a gift. He wants to give it to you. You don't need anybody to lay hands on you. Just by faith, receive the gift. And as you pray in the Spirit, you, your, your flesh is strengthened and we are able to fight the good fight.